Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is the quietest start, if you like, in a way, to a symphony, a most gentle, gentle, gentle uh, entry into Mahler 1, the Titan. And I am so excited that it has been brought to the stage of the Cork City Hall on the 14th of October, which is only next weekend. Just incredible by the Cork Concert Orchestra. And to chat about this incredible performance, I am thrilled to be joined in studio, not only by Adriana Manny, who would be from the Cork uh, Concert Orchestra, and we've talked loads of times, obviously, but Neil Thompson here once again in Cork to conduct and I clear to God, Neil, live across the table in front of me. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> I think the first time we spoke must have been six years ago. We did Something an interview. Something like that on the yeah. phone. I, and, you know, I think one of the, I was saying earlier on, one of the times we've spoken, you were uh, in London conducting another orchestra before you came here. And then the last time we spoke, you were actually still at home in Brazil. That's right, yeah. And uh, I was asking you then at the time, oh, what took you to Brazil? And it was love. <laughs> so I was totally captivated by your whole love story <laughs> and everything like that. But but for people who didn't hear that particular interview or, or know anything about that story, uh, this is their first time to hear you. And so love did bring you to Brazil, but music brings you all over the world because you fly back and forth all the time, Conducting orchestras absolutely everywhere. Yes. What a life. It's nice. I've just spent two weeks in Italy. I was in Bari for a week and then San Remo conducting before. And then on Monday, I go back to Brazil. I've got two concerts. Then I go to Sao Paulo. Then I go to Buenos Aires. That is just, and that's this week. (laughs) (laughs) That's extraordinary. And in between, of course, you've somehow find time to pre-visit the cities that you were working in and, you know, work with the orchestras ahead of time, sometimes maybe a day or two before uh, a concert to kind of polish them for the performance. And that's kind of something that a lot of people will be kind of really intrigued by. How do you come in, kind of almost parachuted into uh, a situation where an orchestra may have been working on a work for a couple of months? And how how do you come in and make an impactful change in 48 it hours? It depends on the situation, because very often when you go to an orchestra, a professional orchestra that's doing a concert virtually every week of the season, you start Monday morning, Completely from zero with them. They haven't been working at the piece before. Okay. Right. So you go straight in and you've got until Thursday 
to put the piece together or you start on Tuesday and you've got concerts Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So when you go to an orchestra, you've got to try to get across your personality from the first, from the first mm. downbeat, from the minute you walk onto the rostrum. You have to somehow create the sensation, the confidence in the musicians that they're going to listen to what you say and to try to create that chemistry between you and them from the very first rehearsal. And sometimes you have one rehearsal, sometimes you have five rehearsals, sometimes, you know, you have two days. Mm-hmm. So it depends. I do know, though, uh, and Adrian, you will bear that out, that the core concert orchestra are always delighted when Neil comes in and really feel the difference, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, 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 we're privileged, really, that, that, uh, that Neil has, has, you know, supported our project. You know, he's, he's been here. I think this is your third time coming, uh, to play with, yeah, with four, the concert orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a yeah. Third so, time. um, so, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And, and the orchestra at the moment, we have, uh, Roddy O'Keefe, uh, is, is, uh, the conductor who has been preparing the orchestra until now. And, um, Neil is actually after coming in a week earlier than normal to, to take, Two rehearsals today with the orchestra, so so we're 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 honoured that, that that Neil supports our project and and uh, it's 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 important to us, but it's great to see people of of of, of Neil's caliber also saying, okay, this is worth supporting, and I I, I I think it's good, you know. And when you take on, you know, amazing amazing works like Manor One, I don't actually know did I ever hear it performed uh, in Cork, and uh, it's 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 just a an ex- it's a ma- an amazing symphony. It's one that Mahler himself struggled with in the the early days, isn't it? That's right. I mean, it, it's it's uh, he, it started life as a symphonic poem with five movements, and he wasn't happy with it, so he took one of the movements out and sort of molded it into the symphony that that we know. But it's an astonishing work. I mean, if you think it was written in when I don't know eighteen eighty eight, couple of years after Brahms four, but it couldn't be certainly from another world. It's a world it's it's a work of pure imagination, something like the Berlioz Symphony Fantastique. And it's what you said, the music starts the music just emerges from the air. Mm-hmm. You know? And he describes it, he said, like a, a sound of nature. And you feel this. Yeah, you can hear there's birds yeah, the, calling yeah. and all sorts of things in that, that But he always said that, you know, a symphony should contain everything, like the universe. And this symphony has everything. It has the highest drama, the greatest passion, the greatest tenderness, the sounds of nature. Really a world in 60 minutes. It is It is beautiful. And uh, like I said, there's so many different recordings of it and uh, variations of it online. I was listening to different recordings and uh, variations conducted online through various YouTube recordings from Simon Rattle to Leonard Bernstein and all sorts of uh, people who would have championed Mahler, I suppose, down through the years in various recordings. But one of the things I was kind of quite tickled by is, of course, you know, yes, he was born in 1860 and it is, you know, the work composed in 19th century. But on YouTube, uh, it's, it's, it's funny, there are so many different comments uh, underneath various movements Captain Janeway sent me, you know. Yeah. I mean, like... Uh, it's been used in movies and all sorts of things ever ever since. Uh, but each movement is is amazing. I mean, like there is one movement which is the funeral movement. Mm. Okay, talk to us a little bit about that. This is where he uses the the old French folk song Frère Jacques, and it's used in a sort of ironic way. He uses also quite a bit of klezmer music in the middle of it, which is clearly the world that he, he would have grown up in. I mean, and of course it has a, a, a sort of gentle irony, but I think that for me, that that movement now has something tragic about it, because 
after the war, after the Holocaust, this is clearly as a lost world, something that will never be seen again. So I think it, it has an added dimension mm. now with history, with what we know that happened. What was happening for Mahler when he was writing this symphony? Because I know like his life in some ways was very similar to, to yours, travelling the world as a conductor, went to New York to conduct the Met and everything like that. When he, that was really his main source of income was... was as a conductor, was that's right. He, uh, he was the conductor, I think, in Kassel, Kassel in Germany, <clears throat> at the Opera Theatre. But the, the, the genesis of the symphony, if you mm. like, the song of the material that you hear in the first movement, comes from his song cycle, Love Songs of a Wayfarer. Lieder eines Fahrenden Gesellen, which was about a, a broken love affair, um, you know, unre unrequited love. So you feel something of mm -hmm. that in it. It's just so um, packed with emotion, isn't it? You it's know, so I'm exuberant at the end. I can't think of a symphony that <laughs> ends with, with more pure joy than Mahler one. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose that's one of the things when people sit down to listen to either a symphony, like I was playing uh, it at home during the week and uh, Connor's ears immediately perked up and he went, oh, I recognise that because his dad would have played so much manner when he was growing up and, you know, he instantly recognised uh, the movements. Um, like some people will be sitting down listening to this like an old friend and some people will be sitting down discovering it for the first time. And for the first time listener to the Titan, uh, what is the journey that they are taken on. Well, as I said, you're you're taken through every conceivable emotion that you will encounter in life, from the wonder of nature to passion to grief to melancholy to high drama to exuberance to sheer exultation at the end. It's a roller coaster for sixty minutes of emotions. And is is there any kind of difficulty in that or challenge for you as a conductor or do you feel this is because Mahler himself was such an accomplished and experienced um, and recognised uh, conductor can you see anything that you would have kind of related to oh I can see what he was doing here I could see what he was doing there yeah and also yeah. The, the, the thing I mean the, the difficulty for, for us as conductors in Mahler is you have to have the big picture in your mind because it's very easy to make every moment sound like a climax. Yes. And then the audience doesn't see, doesn't hear, yes, perceive the shape of the piece. So, because he was such an experienced conductor, he marks everything in the score. He'll say, don't drag, don't rush, take time here. Because he knew that perhaps an, in an instinct would be to take time. And he says, don't take time. It'll keep going, keep pushing. And I think if you follow, my teacher always said, if you follow what Mahler writes, then... You will you will get the piece across for the audience. Do you get fierce satisfaction out of you know an intimate conversation with a composer and a conductor? You know, in those instructions, like he literally is speaking yeah, to you he's through speaking time. To you, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the 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 most special moment is when you're actually in concert with the musicians. That's the moment of purest connection when you're not speaking, when you're not stopping to explain anything, mm. but you're just there in the moment making music. For you coming in as a conductor, though, a lot of that kind of relationship at the beginning is kind of speaking to the orchestra and talking to them about stuff, isn't it? It is. Um, so you have to create that relationship. But of course, by the time it comes to the concert, that's been left behind and mm. you're just left with the moment. 
want to let that moment hang. But like you're coming in out to Cork so much at this stage now. So Neil, I mean, have you kind of uh, developed a taste or a grow for any part of the city, the county at this stage? Have you time? Are you working that intensely every time you're here? Or are you down with the gang in... <laughs> I won't start naming pubs now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love to wander about the centre of the city. Yeah. And just uh, sit in cafes and take a book and, you know, I love Cork. I've been to Kinsale several times, which I like very much as well. But I've grown very attached to this city. And Adrian as well, like this isn't the only um, work in the concert. We're also welcoming Elizabeth Cooney back to the stage of City Hall, which is wonderful, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, we're delighted to have uh, Elizabeth coming back. <clears throat> She's performed with the concert orchestra before um, when we had David Brophy down. <clears throat> she did a, a Tchaikovsky um, concerto, so she's doing a Mozart violin concerto this time, and you know it's, <clears throat> it's great to have her coming across. So, uh, so we're delighted she's coming in. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lovely program. It's, uh, it's something that that Neil, in 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 working with with Roddy and and with Amory and um, and Adrian Peck, who also would have would have selected the program. So it's uh, it's really nice, and it's going to be a gorgeous evening. Yeah. And has Elizabeth got a chance to come down for rehearsals at the moment? She'll be here weekend? on Thursday, I think, for the first rehearsal. Coming yes. in on Thursday. Oh, and actually, right. Liz was one of my students in orchestra at the Royal College of Music in London. So really? I've known her for God knows ah, over twenty years. Stop. And the first time I came to Cork, I conducted the Cork Chamber Orchestra, which I guess was the mm. a forebear of the Cork. Concert <coughs> Orchestra. It was run by Adrian Petku. And Liz played Mozart Violin Concerto Number no. 5. <laughs> that must have been 20 years ago now. Oh, well, Adrian so, Petku has so. just had a lifelong passion for chamber music, you know, <laughs> so he would have been championing it in the yeah. city when, oh, you know, it was, hasn't really, you know, great, taken off the great at the time. Irish Violin School yeah. was created by Adrian. Yeah, well... He's just a diamond, absolute diamond. Okay, we're going yes. to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be giving people details of how they can book the remaining tickets and uh, chat about it again. <laughs> shame to kind of cut that uh, little clip of Elizabeth Cooney playing just slightly short there but that's because I am so thrilled to be joined in studio by Adrian Omani of the Cork Concert Orchestra and by Neil Thompson who is once again returning to Cork to conduct the Cork Concert Orchestra for Manor One in City Hall next Saturday night. I suppose Adrian we should do the kind of housekeeping and let people know how they book tickets and all the rest of it. Absolutely we'd love to see a big crowd come along next Saturday uh, in, in City Hall so tickets are available from uh, Eileen in Pro Musica in Oliver Plunkett Street, and also they're available online from Eventbrite. So um, we have posters and billboards up around the place. So uh, Eventbrite, just type in Maller One or, or the Car Concert Orchestra, and it'll take you straight there. And the uh, tickets are from twenty euro. Uh, small booking fee applies for for Eventbrite, but other than that, we, we hope to see a big crowd. Yeah, the posters are are fine and big. The big. Yeah. 
red ones, people are used to seeing them as they uh, approach and enter into the city. And it, though those kind of things are important, aren't they? You know, I mean, like you can never underestimate the power of somebody driving past a poster and going, oh, there we are. Oh, well, the worst thing for, for people like us is, is after a concert, people saying, oh, I never knew that was yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have gone to that. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we have to try and get the word out. And that's something you're fantastic at, which, which but we, also, we, we, we appreciate, you know. But also, and uh, you know, people hearing after the fact that, oh my God, Elizabeth Cooney was back on stage in City Hall, yes. um, you know, would hate to miss that opportunity, exactly. you know, uh, is just so special because it's just so rare at this stage. She's everywhere and anywhere, mm. you know, and all that sort of thing. So uh, that's really important. And again, Neil, like Mahler won a symphony. I couldn't tell you when last I ever saw it on a program in Cork. Exactly. So a, a rare chance to hear something well, this pretty is amazing. I love about this orchestra. It, it's ambitious. You know, we did St. Adrian, I can't believe we did the Rite of Spring yes. four or five years ago. <laughs> and two or three other pieces in the same program. Amazing. Amazing yeah. is right. You know, and to have you flying back and forth all over the world doing various orchestral visits is something really special. But to have you back in Cork again, Neil, is really Absolutely. delightful. Delightful. Yes. And I know uh, the orchestra always has a buzz uh, when they hear that you've been booked to come back and do one of these events again. So the Cork Concert Orchestra, conducted by Neil Thompson, Cork City Hall, Saturday the 14th, Mallor 1. And uh, we also have Mozart on the programme as well. Mozart. And also there's um, there's the violin concerto that uh, Elizabeth is doing. And then also we have uh, the, the Magic Flute Overture yeah. finishes the programme. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Listen, thank you both so much for coming well, in this thank morning. You for having us. Uh, I really am thrilled to have met you in yeah, person. Finally, we met finally, in person. Finally, exactly. <laughs> you know, we've uh, all these chats with people over the phone. It's so, so funny. Uh, but, Connor, I'm going to throw over to you because there's a couple of other bits and pieces we want to get in in the last 30 seconds as well. Yeah, well, there's a couple of authors, both of whom you've read. Catherine Kerwin, yeah? Yes. Yes, fantastic. And numerous books. Catherine Reinhardt. Oh, my God, yes, as well. well numerous books. I'm reading The Trap at the moment. There you are. Now, can you imagine the two of them together? Like, A Question of Malice was Catherine Kerwin's uh, crime novel, which was set in the Ola Max. So the two of them are going to be in the Ola Max at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Go to it. It's going to be a great chat between the two of them all together. To me, it's one of the literary events of the week. So don't forget, 6 o'clock in the Ola Max, Catherine Ryan Howard and Catherine Kerwin together. Okay. Finally, get along to the Friary Church in Kinsale on Friday night at half past seven and you will catch Balance Bittle Coulters in action it's an evening with performances of the Groupie Kjols and the Kaylee Bands the soloists from Munster and the All-Ireland Fla all getting together and it's just a gorgeous evening of Krakow's Kjol from the Balance Bittle Coulters at half past seven Friary Church can say be there and I know we're running slightly late to the news, but also to remind people uh, that Penelope Unbound is yes. being launched in Waterstones on uh, Thursday. At 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock as well. And thanks to John Breen John for that. John Breen. We'll be talking to John next week okay. about Court Book Week as well. Okay. <laughs> thanks, John. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks and thanks okay. to all our guests this morning. We'll be back next week. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. Griffin's Potatoes. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.